Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks, 150 for March 4th, 2016. I am Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. I can't believe we've done this 150 times. I know. It's amazing. We actually is. we actually stuck with something for long enough to get 150 of them done. Wow, pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. And uh I think it's time to to break some big news too. Okay. We, yeah, speaking of uh the goals that we managed, we're about to launch something that we may not manage. Well, we're going to manage it. Uh, we've got a new show coming up. We uh we're calling it Up to Speed, which is a Monday through Thursday 15-minute maximum tech talk show or pop culture news yesterday's news today i like to think of it as the things you need to know yes yes it's a it'll be pretty much the same format but this one will be clean so you can uh listen to it in the car with your kids and not have to (laughs) cover their ears exactly good times good times so we have talked a lot about social media on this show yep and uh douglas rushkoff has a new book out called throwing rocks at the google bus and by finding that, I found an article in The Guardian, and this was uh, back in early February, but the book just came out yesterday, um, where he says, I'm thinking it may be good to be off social media altogether. It was in the title, but it was only a small bit of the article. Yeah, he goes on at great length about a lot of other things. Um, I know you are hit or miss with him. I'm actually pretty much a big fan and generally tend to agree with his viewpoints. In fact, he could very well just be on this podcast with us. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Especially he's on, he's on my side regarding Uber. So, (laughs) and a lot of other things. Uh, There was one really interesting bit that in this article that really struck me because this is something I've, this is a very similar conversation and tone that I've heard from, from many of my friends that work in the creative fields, be it musicians or journalists or writers or whatever. Uh, And he's, he's, he was asked about leaving Facebook in 2013 and how it was working out for him. And he said, uh, well, this part, definitely 100%, I think we both agree with. Uh, free doesn't lead to anything but more free. Working for free isn't leveraged to do a load of talks for loads of money. Now, they basically just even want you to now do your talks for free. So what am I supposed to do? Join YouTube and get three cents for every 100,000 views of my video? That's crap and that's insane. I love that. And uh, the other little bit that he said is, um, the way the world has changed now is we used to se- I used to celebrate when I finished writing a book because that meant I was done. Now that just means that's the start of your work. And I, I know so many creative people that feel the same way. You, you work really hard to make your product, but your product is worthless. And that's when you just have to start spending all your time pimping and promoting it and doing a gazillion other things, usually for free in the hopes of people finding out or doing something with your product that you've already worked really, really hard on. Well, you have to become your own PR team now. Yeah, which is sad. Yeah. Back in the old days, you know, it was the same thing with music. They, that's that's why the publishers were there. Yeah, exactly. And now they're not, and you have to do it. Or actually, they are still there, and you're still paying them, but they just don't do a good enough job, and they expect you to do most of the work, too. Well, yeah, because the PR team's usually just the social media marketing team now, which is interns from, you know, the local college. Yes. <laughs> so are yes, too busy doing their own Snapchats than sending your tweets. And speaking of social media, Scientific American has a really interesting article about how social media may alleviate or exacerbate your emotional states, particularly your negative ones, which is 
not too surprising to me or to you, or, and we've talked about it a gazillion times. I love the title, Green with Facebook Envy, Red with Twitter Rage. Um, they specifically did find out that depending on, well, it all comes down to how you use it, of course. You put some mindfulness into it and come at it with a good attitude and things change. But kind of our default human settings, uh, Twitter tends to piss us off and uh, make us uh, get angry and get in insane fights. I know Jason does that many times. Mm -hmm. And uh, Facebook tends to make you uh, envious of all your friends. I would make the caveat that I think it's more Instagram now than Facebook because all people do on Instagram is post pictures of awesome things that they are doing. Yeah, you post your better self. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, social media, not good for us. Well, it, if, if you're <laughs> participating yes. and not just going to consume, that's, that's the way that it actually does help, you know, get less depressed. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there, like I said, there's ways to use social media in which it can be somewhat beneficial. Uh, I think that's something that I somewhat do because I use it to keep in touch with people that I probably if there weren't social media would have dropped out of my life by now because of whatever reason, uh, differing interests, geographic location changes in life. At least I'm able to stay in touch with them. And I think that's great. So, and your likeness can be used to advertise to them so they can get more stuff. <laughs> yes, that too. Hopefully they would just go to grumpy old geeks and click on our links. Uh, there's found another article this week in uh, TechCrunch called after the gold rush, where they're saying the sky is falling. The sky is falling. The startup economy is over. Uh, yeah. it hasn't that been that way for a while? <laughs> I think so. I mean, you know, we, we've certainly been hearing stories about how the money is going down. Uh, we're still seeing stupid business plans and ridiculous apps popping up more on that later. Go to product. Uh, All you got to do is go to product hunt, man. Or we go to product hunt. Yeah. You just, you uh, scratch your head and just go, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, which we've been doing for the three years we've been doing this podcast, but uh, apparently, yeah, it's uh, things are, what they're saying is the markets have basically been solidified. We've got winners in every field, uh, even in new fields at best, you're going to have a top three that survive. Everybody else is not going to get funded or, or, uh, or make it past, you know, the, the early, early stages. Uh, but he did bring up some interesting things. There are some fields that haven't been disrupted yet, um, healthcare, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, in general, if you're just trying to set up another stupid social network or anything like that, or make another dumbass app, you're, you're not going to get funded. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I think they're funded by their t-shirt sales now, aren't they? That's about it. Okay. They're still, they're still kicking, but. Well, you know, it costs more money probably to shut down the company than it does to just keep it running at the level that it's at. Yeah. Even a corpse twitches its leg after you shoot it in the head. So that is Maybe a title. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was talking last week about the one thing I bought from an ad, uh, my mm -hmm. slide belt. And yes. it, it came after a little prodding on Twitter. And after we were talking about the belt technology, I found uh, a tweet from Jay Lester who said he got his mission belt uh, for the holidays and loves it. But then I went and I'm like, I got a slide belt, but I won't know till April if it's coming or not and, or if it's any good or not. And uh, they jumped on it and sent, sent it the next day. Yeah, well, there you go. Being angry on Twitter got you your belt faster. I'm telling you, man, that's how they do customer service since Twitter now does customer service. Yes, well, because Twitter is customer service now. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, let me segue into that, actually. That's perfect. Uh, I wanted to do some follow-up. I talked last week about something that I was totally shocked that exists, the California Shopping Cart Retrieval Corporation. So basically, uh, if, you, if you live here and probably in other major cities as well, shopping carts just appear magically and darken your doorstep for ages. And they're usually pretty gross because, and you don't want to touch them yourself. So there is a, there's a company to fit that niche. Now, it's been a week. 
Still there. Shop, shopping cart is still there. Uh, no contact from anyone. Uh, so I live in the area that they service. I'm, a, I'm in their little map, and the shopping cart is from one of the companies that they work for. So there is no reason that they should not have come and picked up this cart by now. Which leads me to wonder, if you have an app, as Jason did point out, they, they actually have an app, or a web form, what is the effing point if, uh, if it's completely useless? I'm going to have to call them now. And <laughs> which you should have see, done in the first place. Which I should have the, done yeah. in the first place. And I kind of feel this way about all of these things. What is the point in having this stuff if it's fucking useless? Because you don't even know if they're still in business. This could be, you know, a cobweb site that's been around for a while. How is the, the app? I, I'd never used the app because I just used the web form. Oh. So anyways, I'm going to have to call them to find out. And it just made me start to get angry. So maybe I should be on Twitter for all this. It's, we keep doing this. We, we have these things. There's no customer service anymore. There, there's no point in having these forms. We finally came to a chip system with our credit cards. And now everything takes five times longer. And you have to hear that annoying sound. And half the time it's broken, it doesn't work. We've gotten to the point where we can't even have people at McDonald's, employees at McDonald's use a real cash register. We've had to create pictures of little burgers for people to push. And they still can't fucking manage it. Progress is useless. Well, as far as the web form thing goes, let's go back to that for a second, because that's kind of how we made our career. So I wouldn't be too down on that. I would be down we on the fact that they didn't. What? He responded. Well, well, we responded until they didn't pay us to keep maintaining the site anymore. And then the Perl script broke and then it just goes off into the ether and then they go out of business because they can't get contacted by their customers anymore. Yeah, that's the life cycle of that. Well, they have they have many social medias, but Twitter is not one of them. So I cannot rant at them at the only available customer service outlet there is in the world anymore. Well, that website looks pretty old though, so maybe maybe you should uh, hit them up on my MySpace. Copyright 2016. Oh well. And we'll be right back. But now a word from our sponsors. In the news. You know, there is an app for everything. And, I, I've uh, heard such things. Yes. And uh, this would, I, I had to put this first in the list because we, Waze, we've, we've mm. joked about Waze before. Yes, we have. And uh, <laughs> this is the best one. Israeli soldiers who relied on Waze blundered into a deadly firefight with Palestinians. Oopsies. This is a, one, kind of a little bit misleading headline from the Washington Post, though, because they didn't use it the way it was supposed to be used. They there wasn't a little like a, you know, war symbol telling them stuff was coming up. There's a switch in way to for, uh, that they could have turned on that said avoid dangerous areas. And they had but, it turned off. And you'd think if you were, that would only work if somebody had reported it being a dangerous area. There's two sides to that coin. Yes. Also though, they kind of didn't follow the directions the way ways told them to go. Mm. So it's, it's kind of, I, I don't know about this, but I had to put it in here because it was just, it's a, it's a great headline. <laughs> Come on. It is a good headline. And I, I was immediately thinking, well, thank God they weren't actually using it to try to get to the battle because they would have been way late because they would have had to cross so many streets, uh, one-way streets and like no stoplight corners with busy traffic. They never would have been there on time. Never. No. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, again, going back to social media and as we all, well, most of us, maybe Jason, most of us have friends that are, have children or are in that point and stage in their life at this. And uh, we've seen the constant 
millions upon millions upon millions of photos of their children being very cute to them that we're all inundated with on a uh, consistent basis. Uh, internet law expert Eric Delacroix, I'm not entirely sure who he is, uh, told the Figaro newspaper, uh, he's basically hypothesizing that in a couple of years, children will be able to sue their parents because they did not authorize their images being posted on social media. What do you think about that? I think it's a little ridiculous. But, I think it's a little ridiculous. But there is a strong point to be made that maybe parents should cool it down a little bit and especially not offer up personal information. Photo of child, fine. Uh, telling people, putting out a lot of other personal identifiable information or setting up your schedule, uh, which can be easily done. We've talked about this in security before. You know, if you're going to the park every Thursday at one o'clock, maybe don't have the timestamps on it all the time so people can figure out what your normal patterns are, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, especially after you post pictures of <clears throat> what you and the kid looks like and then – Three, yes. three days ago, you post uh, pictures of the new 820-inch uh, TV you just bought so people just know where to go and when to steal it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, you Just be careful, people. Or know, know what your kid looks like so they can pick them up and you know yeah. kidnap them. Yes. I think we even talked about that story in the past about uh, people who had were putting those stickers on their cars and how that may be a bad idea because somebody can figure out exactly how many kids you have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, at some point, yeah, we are, we are just getting a little off the deep end. Anyways, it was just an interesting hypothesis, and I, I would love to see that happen. And then uh, when your kid sues you, disown them. Well, obviously, there's going to be no love lost if your kid is <laughs> suing you. Uh, yeah. that, that's kind of a messed up relationship already. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. So uh, I think I've finally figured out what Yahoo's business plan is. And what's that? They spend a billion dollars to buy Tumblr, then use it as an entire tax write-off. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting uh, interesting <laughs> story about this one. Yes, and I, the good, <laughs> I did not know you could have $750 million in ineffable, quote-unquote, goodwill value. I don't understand what the goodwill value of Tumblr is, other than I guess most people can find porn super easy. Not anymore. That was the other stupid thing they did. They turned off all the porn. Oh, they switched it back on. You but I mean, like stop the, the porn flow. It was the searching ability. Right. Right. Because you used to be able to search for porn. and but Well, you know, you just use Google for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, actually, it's, it's, it's a little harder on Google now. They've, they've turned it way down, too. Mm. Well, just, I, I sense an opening in the market. People uh, go to RedTube or Pornhub or wherever else your yeah. boobs we got are sold. Forgot we got an expert here. <laughs> um, yeah, seven hundred and fifty million dollars, which is just going to be a complete write-off. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm just. I know we reported this at the time. I'm still just gobsmacked by the fact that Tumblr was valued at billion dollars. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it wasn't. You know, this, right? They just paid that much for it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the actual value of it was like two hundred and fifty million. Yeah. But yeah. 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 Way to go, Marissa. Well, way to go, Marissa. I'm liking this this business plan. It's better than anything else you've come up with so far. And speaking of shitty business plans, LinkedIn. <laughs> they have a business plan? No, no, they, they don't either. Uh, CEO Jeff Weiner. Is it Weiner or is it Weiner? I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, he's, I'm going uh, with well, Weiner. We talked about how they had massive bad news a couple of weeks back because their valuation just dropped like a like a rock because no business plan. Um, but so to perk up his employees, he's passing his fourteen million dollars stock grant along. Yeah, here's hey, the stock's not worth anything. You guys want it now? Uh, as I've said many times on this show, if anybody is out there that would like me to run their company into the ground and still give me a fourteen million dollars stock option for it, I am available. Yeah. 
because that seems to be the case for these companies. These people do really, really bad jobs and are given insane amounts of money. Yeah, that's how it works. Awesome. Um, yeah, and uh, Jack Dorsey did this recently too after Twitter's stock tanked. He's like, eh, here's $200 million worth of stock since it's... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean, I guess it'll keep you around a little bit longer. Yeah. I don't know. It's not going to be worth anything. What are you going to do? Uh, self-driving car. Jason's a big fan. We've had another crash that hit the news. What do you think? Oh, a two mile an hour crash. I know. Uh, the only thing that uh, I, if I, we can go through the details, but it doesn't really matter. It's a very slow crash. Once again, uh, that just uh, I sparked a conversation with me and a couple of friends. And I'm basically of the opinion that the only way that self-driving cars are going to work is if it's all or nothing. You cannot have, they're, they're really, human beings are incredibly unpredictable. I can tell you that just from playing Frogger in my neighborhood with the Priuses uh, and the automated cars, the algorithms will probably eventually get there, but at least to start, they're not good at predicting what crazy people will do. So the only way to have this be a completely safe environment is it's all self-driving cars or none. Yeah, that's about it. Yep. Because uh, the next article that you put in the uh, show notes from Slate, the trollable self-driving <laughs> car. I think somebody, I think the guy who wrote this listens mm -hmm. to our show because half of the things he's talking about, we have actually posited that were possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting wrap up of the whole, uh, the whole area. So if you're, if you're really interested in this, read that article. I liked it uh, mainly because yeah, again, we've said it all. <laughs> yeah. I, the day that I see a self-driving car, I just want to have a handheld stop sign and hold it out my window and see if it just slams on the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That there, would be fun. There's so many ways to, to troll these things. It'll be great. Yeah, again, so it's got, it's, if we're going to go this way, it's all or nothing, and that's going to piss off a lot of people who are supercar people. It'll even annoy me. I like driving. Well, maybe we just have special roads for self-driving cars or special lanes. Yes, and as we all know, with our wonderful infrastructure and how long it takes to build anything around here, that'll be no problem. Oh, yeah. It took them two weeks to repave my, my little street in front of my house. I can't wait to see if they have to do anything with, uh, just for the cars. Exactly. It'll be a nightmare. It'll take years and years and years. But, uh, you know, it's all coming, people. It is coming. People are putting a lot of money into it. Yep. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. In the coolest news I saw all week, and uh, this is very, very early on in the process, but scientists have discovered how to upload knowledge to your brain, a la The Matrix. See, this is another, uh, <laughs> I don't. Not quite a very, uh, it's a bit of a misleading headline. Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but it's still cool. I mean, I love this stuff. It's this, it's great. It's really interesting. So they're doing this thing where they're basically stimulating areas of the brain. And in doing so, they kind of sort of make you learn a little bit faster. But you already have to be learning it. It's not yes. like, it's not like they're doing a data dump into your head. Exactly. Like a first step, man. Yeah, I know, but still, it's like they're not uploading knowledge. They're stimulating your brain to learn faster. Yeah, cool. I like it. It's better than <laughs> drinking a bunch of Red Bulls and staying up all night. That's true. <laughs> I found one, since you love VR so much, that uh, <laughs> right up your alley. Um, uh, PC Mag has an article about uh, the Samsung VR-powered roller coasters, which is mm. you, you slap on a, you know, a Samsung VR headset and go on a roller coaster ride. And you, you see an alternate world when you're on the roller coaster ride. Isn't the fun of being on the roller coaster, the roller coaster. <laughs> Apparently not. You need no, more than just the roller coaster. Again, this is the world we're creating for ourselves. Nothing is ever enough. We have to gamify real world experiences that we've already been paying money for to go do because they are fun and exciting. The, the problem that I have with there's actually, there's a couple of problems. 
besides the fact that yes, the you know the excitement and the visceral nature of getting dropped hundreds of feet and going you know with like a bat out of hell, thinking you're going to die. Is, That's it's just not enough for the kids anymore. Apparently, um, when when I ride roller coasters, there are def- there's spots on that roller coaster where you don't want to be looking someplace else. Because when you jerk around a corner, your neck goes crazy. And imagine how much more torque it's going to have with a VR headset on. No, I didn't even think about that. Look at you, Jason, looking out for the public health. The first time I went on a roller coaster with a corkscrew, uh, my girlfriend was next to me and she's like, look straight ahead right now. And I'm like, I look straight ahead because I was like, I was, I was starting to look straight ahead. But then we went into the corkscrew and tweaked my neck and it hurt for the rest of the day. <laughs> so... <laughs> If I had a VR headset on, it might have well just broken my neck. Yeah, yeah. No, this is this is a bit ridiculous. Now, what I do see this use for is a, a lot of the rides, especially the, at Disneyland, the new rides that they're building, are kind of basically just movement boxes. You get in a, it's not a full roller coaster. You're sitting in a thing, and it rocks back and forth and simulates heavy duty movement. This is a much cheaper and probably more immersive way than just uh, you know throwing up a screen that we all look at while our while our seat shakes a little bit. I can see that. But for a real roller coaster, this is stupid. So what my uh, my dad and I found when we were at Disney World like 20 years ago, mm-hmm. they had a big ball that moved in every direction and it went up and down. It, it, you know, it was, it was a fully mov- movement capable, in, in like immersive environment. And you got to build your own roller coaster out of VR parts, you know, or, you know, just little, just little 3D models. And then you put it together, gave them 10 bucks, they strapped you in. And you could just go crazy in that thing. We had, you know, loop to loops flying everywhere, doing all that stuff. And it felt like a real roller coaster. And I didn't have to wear the goggles. So it felt a little bit more immersive, I think, than it would with the goggles on. Right. And that was 20 years ago. So we're going backwards. Well, again, like, like I said last week, it took Facebook eight years to put up a dislike. Yeah. So, you know, running along at the speed of sound. Um, we talked last week about big data and and police and uh, profiling and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, and we saw the pros and the cons. And I'm glad to report that the uh, the uh, the police community has managed to uh, use our taxpayer money really, really well and do something very useful with with big data. I'm being ironic here. Okay. Uh, they, they found Banksy. So this is what our big use of big data is for. Nope, nope, nope. Don't, didn't go after any terrorists. Uh, let's uh, use geographic location pins and an algorithm to uh, sort out the real identity of Banksy. Well, fortunately for you, <laughs> this uh, research was done in London. So none of your tax dollars were used on this. Oh, well, they're tax, they're tax dollars. It's their Sorry, tax dollars. Yes. And uh, we'll see. I mean, because it says, you know, Better just love headlines. Did academics unmask Banksy is the title of the article. <laughs> hmm? Did they or did they not? Well, they yeah, they, they've narrowed it down to somebody of interest that has actually been kind of fingered to be <laughs> Banksy before. Um, I love this, though, because they were uh, they used all these different points and this sophisticated algorithm to try to figure out based on his artworks that have appeared, what time and things like that to a couple different residential addresses and a pub. Um, for me, you know, Finn McCool's, there you go. You're going to find me. It's Brian Schulmeister. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that kills me is they probably could have just looked at, uh, looked at his Foursquare. <laughs> oh, and in how to know your <laughs> festival is dead news, the Obamas are going to South by Southwest. I saw this. Uh, why? 
because they're they got nothing else. It's not to do. crowded enough because it's not already difficult enough to get into any of the good barbecue places. Exa- yeah, and I'm thinking, man, that's just going to be. I'm glad he's not running for re-election. Yeah, because well, he's already going to be in Texas, so he's going to lose Texas anyway. Who cares? <laughs> but yeah, it's like South by Southwest is just. I don't know what kind of beast it is now. I've only well, gone once, and I'm, I'm I got no reason to go again. It it used to be about music, and then we just. And we threw film into it and then we threw technology into it. And now it's just, it's just, I don't know what the hell it is. There's no focus to it anymore. It just is. Yeah. It's just kind of this big beast. Yep. I I don't see myself ever attending it again. And I don't think a lot of people are going to be attending this one now, just, or at least not even getting to where they need to go. Because we know from living in LA, when Obama comes to town, you you just don't leave the house. Yeah. You can't go anywhere. You're done. Just like South by. Security? Ha! I don't want to talk about Apple and the FBI and everything that's going on in too much because nothing is really, nothing of note has occurred since we talked about it last week and we'll kind of wait for the big things to hit. Uh, but if you want to read an article about why it's so important, uh, we have a link in the show notes. Uh, it's because it's unprecedented because telecom companies and actually most tech companies have been cooperating with the government uh, basically since they started to exist. And this is the first time somebody is going, hey, hold on a second. Yep. That's, we're not going to do this. so that's that's why it's very 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 important and uh good wrap up i is i don't know if there's any beats that you saw in there jason but i was just gonna leave it at that yeah for now there's really nothing to talk about except mcafee oh yes well good old mcafee's back in the news i i love this guy um this is one of those things that i saw uh, at like kind of late at night when i was getting ready to go to bed so i was like oh Wow, let me tag this. Uh, McAfee was on some sort of talk show, and he revealed how to hack an iPhone on national television, and apparently it only takes about 30 minutes. Wow, well, there you go. How come the government hasn't been able to figure that out? Because I had just read the headline, and it was the first story. And then when I woke up the next morning, uh, no, uh, everybody was immediately debunking his, his way to do it, and it, apparently it does not work. See, yeah, there's some interesting <laughs> things about this. He came back with a, a reply that was very long. I haven't been able to find it again. It was going back to the Reddit people who were saying that he wasn't, uh, didn't know his ass from a hole in the ground. Yeah. And he's like that way. He's well, I mean, he's, he created McAfee, you know, I mean the antivirus, he knows something about computers. He's not an idiot. Yeah. Um, but he, he was backing up his state, his claim saying that he had to use language for the public. That's why it was so simplified and simplistic. I don't know if he can do it or not. I think the best way to do it would be to do it. Do it. it. (laughs) Do it. Yes. If you could do it, go up, make a YouTube video, 30 minutes long, getting into a phone. Yeah. Done. It's what we do. (laughs) So yeah, shut up, put up or shut up. Yeah. Seriously, at this point, put up or shut up and just get out of the race too. You're kind of making a fool out of yourself at this point. I like the guy. I think he's a kook, but this running for president thing is... I but mean, is he really, I mean, is he doing anything? It's not like he's campaigning. He's just doing, he's, cra- I, like, he's doing crazy interviews with Russia today. How's that going to help? I know he's got, but he does have a campaign manager. I've talked to him, you mm-hmm. know? Right. It's just, I mean, it's silly at this point. It's just wasting money. Yeah, I agree. So uh, Walt Mossberg, who is a pretty good tech, tech uh tech journalist uh he writes a lot for recode and the verge and other places uh he just he must listen to the show too because he wrote a very long and interesting article this week called the cloud loophole which is exactly 
what I was talking about last week when I said it isn't just the phone, it's also the iCloud and a million other things. And while the phones themselves have incredible security on them, iCloud does not. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's the loophole, which is if you back up your phone to iCloud, it is not secure. Yeah, I don't do that, obviously. <laughs> um, uh, do you? No, I back up locally. Yes, I do it mainly because it just it was so buggy when it first came out. Yeah. The, uh, the time it took to upload your data was horrendous. All of it was just a mess. So I, yeah. I just stuck with backing up locally and the other stuff was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess I, I, it is more secure. And I do have secure backups on, which you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh, the only thing I use uh, iCloud for is actually I have my photos put onto that so I can see them on my iPad as well as my, uh, my phone. Uh, but I don't have, uh, uh, what did we call them? Dickies? <laughs> yes, no dickies. Uh, I, I don't have it. Yeah, if, if somebody really wants to hack it and see a million pictures of my nieces and nephews, have at it. Well, you know, they just might. Yeah, well, again, <laughs> it's a bunch of pictures of, of nieces and nephews and, uh, you know, random beers in Berlin. So uh, there's nothing I, I particularly care about uh, in there. And I, it doesn't matter. I, I do do the secure option as well, obviously. But uh, there are things, you know, I'm never going to back up my entire phone. That, that's just stupid. In related security news, uh, Facebook executive Diego, and I'm never going to get this frame right, Zodan, Z-Z-O-D-A-N, uh, was in Brazil and arrested by Brazilian police uh, because he had WhatsApp in encryption mode on his phone, which has been banned from the country. Okay. Huh. Yeah, so you can't have any encryption in Brazil. Apparently not. Brazilian authorities have requested that WhatsApp hand over user messages in multiple criminal investigations over the past few months. Again, this is why the Apple thing is so important. And uh, yeah, he actually got arrested. Now, I remember when I was uh, when we were younger, like I would say, you know, we had just started out in our careers and we were traveling often. I remember there being like notices like if you are running Windows 64, you cannot go to this country or this country or this country with that software. Because it was considered illegal. Oh yeah, no, there was yeah. there was there was uh, export yeah. laws about that. You could not do that. Yeah, which is uh, you don't really see those messages anymore. But uh, apparently, you should check into this stuff when you're traveling because if you use WhatsApp, you could get arrested. Well, remember this is this guy's from Facebook. He's a yes. Facebook executive. They yes. own WhatsApp. Yes. So it's not just because he was using it. Because <laughs> um, yeah. I'm sure this is one of the guys behind the kerfuffle. I haven't I haven't followed this story very much. It's funny that they put a picture of him from LinkedIn up. Yeah, that was funny. That's I what guess. LinkedIn is, is useful LinkedIn for is now. You get your, yeah, you get your corporate CEO uh, photos for your for your articles. Um, <clears throat> Snapchat is back in the news for yet for a hack again. Uh, now we all remember that Snapchat was famous for its disappearing messages, except for when they got hacked the first time and gazillions of dickies and and naked selfies of teenagers ended up on the interwebs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got hacked again. Uh, this time, employee data. Nice job, Snapchat. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. So was this, this is a phishing attack though. Yes, this so was a phishing attack. Someone at, someone at Snapchat got fished and let in a hacker? Yes. And then uh, basically almost every single employee's uh, social security number and payroll information is out. You see, that's the, it's another problem with this stuff. People are the weakest link. <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, they are. Uh, yeah. So. I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, maybe. Yeah. I, I again, it, how is it <laughs> the mind boggles? It's just like, maybe you should store sensitive employee information on things that aren't part of your internal network. I don't know. 
You got to, you got to, they have to be accessible by like HR and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And if you fish somebody in HR, there you go. And people in HR generally aren't the most tech savvy. I don't know if this came out of HR, but it's, you know, if if I was a uh, social engineer, that would be one of the most likely places to start. Oh, definitely. And tech, you know, it, it tends, people in HR tend to not be the most tech savvy. So it's, it's a kind of a soft and easy target. Yeah. And you know how you find out who's in HR? LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yes. <laughs> uh, Microsoft has announced that they're releasing a new tool called Windows Defender Advanced Threat Protection, which is a big, long name. But the interesting thing about this is this is the first, at least from Microsoft's end, uh, bit of software that's going to come out that can actually try to fix things post-breach. Instead of you're just screwed and have to wipe everything and start from scratch, uh, this will theoretically help you patch up something after it's happened. Now, does this uh, go into ransomware? Uh, does not say anything yet, so we'll see. I mean, I use Windows 10, so when I get it, I will find out. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I will try. I will try and send you some ransomware and uh, hijack your computer and see if it works. How about let's not do that. <laughs> Speaking of ransomware, hackers are holding German a German hospital uh, hostage right now, at least their data, because... Second, second hospital in two weeks. Yeah, that's in news. Um, yes. So what, uh, it's the same same stuff, ransomware. Yeah, yeah, ransomware's a big deal. It's it's a big problem <laughs> right now. It's so easy to get on. It's just like any malware, if you can get any malware on a system, ransomware's it, uh, encrypts, the, encrypts the drive, yep. sends the key off to the hacker, boom, Bob's yeah. your uncle. Well, and I've noticed there's been an uptick, especially in in pop-up windows and things like that, that that basically tell you you've been ransomware, even though you haven't, and you really just need to quit out of your browser. So that's actually catching a lot of people, too, who are paying people just for making a pop-up window. And, well, remember, we also found that there's a uh, JavaScript attack that mm-hmm. you, can, you can use now to, you know, load ransomware. So it might actually be ransomware that's trying that's to get installed. True. Very true. And uh, speaking of cyber attacks, mm-hmm. the IRS lied to us. What? <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, oh, sorry. Hold on. I got to sit down. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, it's uh, basically 700,000 households. Datas have their datas. <laughs> the, the da- all the datas are all belong da- to someone? <laughs> oh, my God. How did we do this for 150 episodes? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and the fact that you are running the security segment now, and I can't even, like, Talk I about, a, you, talk you about added, a hack. You added two stories to security, which is traditionally your segment, and you can't get through either one of them. I know. 700,000 households might have had their data stolen, but uh, in, okay. August, in August they said it was only 334,000. So it's, a, it's big. It is. Are, are, they reach, are they reaching out and contacting these people and letting them know? I'd hope. I haven't gotten anything. So yeah, me either, I but know. I don't know if they're actually telling people. So that would be nice because if my IRS data got out, I would like to know that because I would like to start changing a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, cyber war, cyber war, cyber war. Uh, Slate has put up a cyber war cheat sheet so you can uh, get yourself up to speed on what's going on. The key players from the different countries. I love that McAfee is on there. Of course he is. Uh the big debates that are going on, the, the, the basically, if you know nothing about what is probably going to be happening more and more every single day, this is a good cheat sheet to bring you up to speed. Yes, I like to have civil liberties in there, though, so that's good. Yes, yeah. yes, that is. Well, you know, that's very important. So uh, go read that. Go check that out. And then the thing that terrified me the most this last week, uh, 23 and me. 
We've yeah. talked about them. I've been very intrigued by them. Uh, I love the idea of being able to pay a hundred bucks and get a full on DNA test for myself and see everything that's going on. And then I read this article and realized that their business plan is not providing that service for you, but creating the Google of DNA for humanity. They mm-hmm. want to keep all the datas and uh, there's no privacy whatsoever and do not ever in any way hand over your genetic information to this company. We've kind of, <laughs> we've hinted at that before that that might be, you know. Yes, we did uh, say this could be a potential danger of a service such as this. And now we know it is. It actually is. Yeah. Yes. Because um, I, I, after our last discussion, which I can't even remember how long ago it was, it was right when they got, you know, their their ass handed to them and they couldn't work anymore. Um, we said that, you know, this was a possibility because they were already kind of doing it. You know, yeah. they, if they if they can sequence your genome and then tell you who you're related to, that means that they've got all of the different data for all of those people, you know, yes. and all of, and you put that all together and then you get to Gattaca, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what happens. So, um, I, again, I'm so beyond intrigued about the idea of, of getting one of the, getting a kit and, and finding out my exact DNA structure and all that. Uh, I don't think I'm ever going to do it anytime soon. I will do it when I get to the point where I can do the entire test at home and process it with a uh, software that is locked and not connected to the internet. <laughs> then I'll do it. Well, you on need a, an air gap genome on an air gap genome sequencing computer that I'll be able to pick up for fifty bucks at fries, and, <laughs> and or have it delivered by drone. Uh, yeah, but then the drone will probably just like brush against me and take some of my skin cells and run back and put it into the big old computer machine. <laughs> Now, if you start seeing, my 20, God, I'm turning into you. If you start seeing 23 and Me kiosk at like Finn at bars, <laughs> so they just take if they, if there's a 23 and Me dishwashing machine where they can just take your 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 dirty glass, get the DNA off of it like they do in all the spy movies, run it through yep. the sequencer, compare it to your credit card statement, they're done. There you go. Yeah, but you know, after you put in your chip card and do all that, that whole process will take 45 minutes for you to pay your tab. By that time, they can have the whole thing sequenced and give it back to you. I, we should really just screw this podcasting thing and just start writing, you know, near, near-term near sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, we probably should. We'll be right back. Enjoy a word from our sponsors. Comment of the week. Because it's our 150th episode, this is kind of a... a uh, fan appreciation episode we've got so much feedback this week thank you so much guys yeah we really love the fact that you guys are getting into this and uh, writing us and talking to us so let's get into it because there's a lot uh first off a massive thank you to our newest patreon supporters uh marco and paul thank you very much we appreciate it you're helping us keep the lights on while we're trying to figure out if the little tiny stream of advertising dollars are going to add up to anything so thank you thank you thank you and this first one comes from itunes Worthwhile and relevant. And this is from Blah Blue. <laughs> great name. It is a great name. These guys are a great source for tech news with a nonsense filter to give anyone from hardcore nerds to civilians useful, entertaining information that's relevant to the world we live in today. They've made plenty of predictions on the tech game and ways our society is heading due to all these new mediums that they've called pretty accurately. Not to mention, in an ocean of useless, low quality podcasts, this is one that's produced well and worth your time. If you. If you've alive in this real world today, hmm, okay, that was an interesting end to it, but uh, 
Strong, strong beginning. Strong beginning. Kind of, kind of lost at the end there. But thank you very much. Yes, thank you, Blah Blue. Uh, we also got another five star rating over on iTunes from Ed Lippart. Uh, this is must subscribe, must listen podcast. Brian and Jason are absolutely great and a pleasure to listen to. Their tech insight helps to cut through the clutter and give you the true meat of the issue at hand. The chapters do a good job of splitting the subject matter into logical chunks of relevant contact content, and then in all caps, do not pass this one up. Woo! Thank you, Ed. Exclamation. Yes, thank you. <laughs> And Fizzhog on Twitter says, uh, keeping me or keeping my me company on the long road. <laughs> well, to be fair, it was uh, accompanied by a photo of him driving and our little uh, logo on the, um, you know, the little radio player thing in his car. So he was tweeting while driving. So let's we'll give him a pass on the grammar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully <laughs> maybe he was using the voice recognition on his on his telephone. One would hope. But- yes. But it was a cool picture. I actually like that one a whole lot. Yeah, the only time I'd seen that before was when I took a picture of my own car. So it was nice to see that. <laughs> uh, we got uh, from X from Last Witness, Last X Witness on Twitter. Uh, just wanted to say Papa Piconi and I from Grime Life P- PC Cast are avid. I think it's just PCast. PCast? Grime, okay. Life, Grime Life Podcast. Grime Life oh, I get it. I'm not up there to date with Twitter, Twitter things. Uh, <laughs> there are avid uh, GOG podcast listeners. Keep up the great info. Hashtag podcast. Thank you very much, guys. Hashtag thanks. And Sam Harrelson uh, passed along uh, a note to a couple of his friends, said mostly from the affinity network of GOG podcast, the incomparable and the incomparable and sword and laser podcast. Now uh, that's was- a... Yeah, he was asked uh, where he was getting his recommendations for books to read. Oh, awesome. Yeah, because uh, the incomparable and sword and laser, those are uh, it's good company to be in. I think so too. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so as we mentioned, uh, the, the uh, audio medium Grumpy Old Geeks podcast launched a visual social network uh, Instagram account. Uh, but thank you to everybody that's following us there now. We've been getting quite a few. And we even got some comments um, from Pagan Gabriel's One More Place for You Guys to Keep Track of Conversation. Yay. <laughs> I, I agree because it's yet another thing we have to load up and go through and check. But, you know, it's fun. Well, uh, now, that, now that Instagram actually has multiple accounts, it actually has been kind of easy. Actually, it's a much easier now. So thank you, Instagram, for allowing that. So I didn't have to. Basically, what I used to have is, you know, one account on my on my iPad and one account on my phone. But now it's a piece of cake to do this. So thank you, uh, Jose M. Figueroa. My thoughts that Facebook emojis were made by fourth grade kids. Agreed. So, agreed. They look ridiculous. Uh, Grime Life podcast hit us up there as well. Always kicking off my weekend mornings with you guys. Great show with great info and outlooks. Thank you. And uh, Blitzkrieg, Craig. Blitzkrieg. Well, that's cool. If my name were Craig, I would do that. Yeah. Uh, love your show, Brian and Jason. Longtime listener. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody on Instagram. And Alan writes in on grumpyoldgeeks.com. Thought you would like to see that you're not the only one abused by Lyft. <laughs> and this is a video on ABC News. I'm not going to pull it up now because it's going to ruin everything with autoplay. Yes. <sighs> but uh, yes, it's uh, some video of Lyft uh, just being dicks again. But, yeah. yeah. You know, since it's not, you just can't blame Lyft. You got to blame the driver. So. Yes. Yes, you do. Uh, but you for- can still blame Lyft because it's fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> my preferred target is Uber. You know, I, I kind of ignore the Lyft stories and focus on the Uber ones. Uh, friend of the show, Patrick, wrote uh, he was having some issues again with uh, with his uh, the RSS feed and resubscribing and whatever. So I was going to say something here, and then I realized that that would be stupid because if he's not getting the new episodes or anybody else is not getting the new episodes, they would not hear this. But uh, the follow-up being that it uh, is working for him again now. So welcome back, Patrick. Woohoo! All right. So, mm. yes. 
Rico writes, hello, gents. Great article on the App Store scene. And it's a link to the App Store economy on uh, <laughs> about the bankruptcy of the <laughs> App Store economy on The Verge. We'll have that linked up in the show notes. Keep up the good work. Yeah. Uh, you know, this article goes right along with what we were saying at the top of the show, which, yeah. So apparently there's not much of a market for building apps anymore and you're not going to make any money. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Adam wrote in. I'm a big fan of your show and I trust your opinion. So when you talked about turning off ad blockers to support sites, I did just that. On Sunday, I had a big interview for my podcast, someone I was excited to have on. In the middle of my Skype call, I get a ton of beeping and a pop-up saying that my IP address was hacked and I should call Time Warner right away. Also, not to turn off my Wi-Fi or computer. So I stopped my big-time interview because I really thought I was being hacked. I got on the phone with them and gave them access to my computer. They went through a whole scare session at the end, told me that I could either bring all my devices to the Apple store for a week for $800 or they could do it for $400 in 90 minutes. I started yelling at the guy that Time Warner should pay. They effed up. He sounded confused. I realized he wasn't from Time Warner Cable. I hung up and unplugged everything. LifeLock was no help. They said if something happens, they are insured, but I don't want anything to happen. Apple support was great. They fixed me right up. Is MacKeeper worth it? Love the show, but I'm blocking ads now. You well, know what's funny? <laughs> that happened yeah. to a friend of mine last week, too. Exactly right. the same thing. Right. I want to know what site, because uh, I... This is all, yeah, I want to know what site, too. Because when you used to hear these stories, I would automatically just go, well, maybe you should stop surfing all those weird-ass porn sites. Yeah, that's but, the way it used to be. <laughs> that's the way it used to be. Now it's becoming more regular, but this is this was straight up phishing. Um, you know, never, ever give somebody access to your computer unless you're a thousand percent sure. Google those phone numbers before you call them. See who they're connected to, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But, you know, glad to hear it's all working. I, I understand blocking ads, but we've, we've done the arguments a million times. To have the ad blocker on, keep it on. But for sites that you know, are getting money and are legit from you, turn it off for those sites. That's built into the ad blocking software. Just do that. Yeah. Only, only turn it on for sites that you know are reputable. Yes. That's, that's really the key. You just don't turn it off willy nilly. Um, and yeah, it's, if they're legit and you want to support them, if they're legit and you don't want to support them, leave it on. Yeah. Leave it on. <laughs> Although you'll find more and more sites will not let you in anymore because they're getting more sophisticated. Oh, they're getting very sophisticated now. Yes. So yeah, thank you everybody that's written in, in the entire 150 episode run of this show. Yeah. What happened to beach mama? We lost her. I think we did. Uh, you know, oh, well, that's she, sad. She was our, for the, for new listeners, she was our first commenter. So she was our first commenter and uh, we did lose her. Uh, I think if you're still out there, write it in, let us know. You can find us on Twitter at GOG podcast on Instagram at grumpy old geeks or at Patreon at patreon.com slash GOG. We have a website at grumpyoldgeeks.com where you can listen to shows, leave feedback, or better yet, ask us questions that we can read on the air. If you have friends, please tell them about the show. And please, if you love the show, drop us an iTunes review. They really do help us out and only take a minute or two. Go to grumpyoldgeeks.com slash iTunes and it'll take you right there. At the library. I finally got through Exile, the uh, new X-Heroes by Peter Kleins. It's pretty okay. damn good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was fun. It's, you know, it's the same as the other books. It was better than the last one, for sure. Yeah, the last one was a bit of a bummer. I think we talked about that on the show. Um, but this one picked it right back up. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I thought I was getting, you know, kind of burnt out on the whole zombie things, but he makes it fun. You know, <laughs> this is a fun zombie book. It, it really is. It's a really enjoyable series. If you, if anybody out there hasn't read it yet, I urge you to go back and do it from the beginning. 
because it's fun. Um, I read The Three Body Problem. Did you finish that as well? Yeah, I finished it the week before. <laughs> That's right. You were waiting on me for, to, to, to read it. Um, I liked it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what are your, uh, actually, the really interesting thing is I went and listened to the Still Untitled with Adam Savage spoiler cast on it as soon as I finished it. And I actually enjoyed the book more in retrospect, hearing their thoughts on it, because there are a lot of things that I didn't, I either didn't pick up on or just didn't, I, I didn't find it that interesting until they talked about it. See, they they picked up on a couple of things that I thought were definitely interesting that I caught the first time through. But I mean, this was a whole big book of meh for me. The the setups were way too long. I understood what he was doing with it, but I just it I don't know. I just didn't really like it that much. Right. Okay. So I'm gonna a uh, little bit of a spoiler here in terms of I'm gonna kind of give what the overall point of the book is, uh, which the overall premise I find fascinating, and it made the book good for me, decent for me, at least. Um, it was, it was the little stories that I had issues with, which again, listening to the spoiler cast kind of helped out with, but the point being, what if first contact, uh, wasn't to us, right? Yeah. uh, You know, North American Westerners. What if it went to an entirely different culture in this case, the Chinese and how that would change things because they, how they come at things from such a different premise than we do. That is effing fascinating. And uh, I loved that aspect of the book. Um, but again, I had issues with how we got there and some of the characters and some some of the weirdness of of the how the whole contact took place didn't really resonate well for me. Um, but it, it is intriguing that, you know, he wrote this book not for the premise that I love it for because he wasn't writing it for for Westerners. He was writing it for his audience, for his culture. And that is amazing. Yeah, no, I mean, if, if I was Chinese, I'd probably be going, woo, I can't wait for the other two books. But um, yeah, and the thing about it is I thought it ended perfectly. I don't think he needed two more books, but I guess he just wants to get paid. But um, yeah, you don't put that much work into creating a, a world. And if it's successful, you just leave it at that. I agree. This could wrap up in and of itself um, as one book. I am intrigued enough to continue to read it because I like the alien culture and I want to see what ends up happening. I'll definitely give the second book a shot. I'm not entirely sold on the whole thing as a premise because it's going to be three books. Uh, And also they're making a, well, the Chinese are making a movie, so that should be kind of interesting. (laughs) Yeah. And and I honestly think I enjoyed the spoiler cast more than I did reading the book. It was a, they did a, they did a good, good wrap up on it. They did a really good job of making the things in the story that I found silly or not that interesting, interesting in retrospect. So if you are going to tackle and read this book, I highly recommend their spoiler cast on it when you're done. Yes. And we're going to put two links in the show notes. We're not going to talk about them here because they're kind of spoilery uh, for the book, but they will be in the, in the show notes. If you want to go search them out. Yes. They are very interesting uh, considering the book. Software apps and gadgets. We discussed the Hear Active Listening. Um, it's a, a software slash earbuds uh, a while back when it was first announced. Uh, that was going to, it's promising to change the way uh, you interact with your environment and you hear things and it's going to change your world and all that sort of stuff. Um, it seemed a bit silly. Uh, it was a bit far out at the time. Can you tell me a little bit more about what it's supposed to do? Because I, I don't get it. Well, yeah, it's it's unclear until you get one. Let me, I can read from their website. You're rediscovering sound. You're personalizing live audio. You can control live sound around you. This is this is their pitch. Okay. That's really about all they say about it. 
So thanks to friend of the show, Karen, um, she managed to get me a pair. Okay. To, uh, to, to give a shot to. So I have been uh, wearing these things around uh, for the show because honestly, about 10 minutes did it for me. But I'm doing my due diligence. So I've suffered for you people. <laughs> and I've, I've taken these things out and, and tried them out in multiple different environments. I rode my bike with them. I was walking around with them. I've done them around the house. I've run through everything that you can possibly do with these things. Um, it's interesting. Now, explain it. <laughs> what, what, what is the actual experience? Okay. You all it's earbuds. You put in your earbuds, you download the app and then the app will control your earbuds. So what you could basically do is apply a number of filters to the sound coming in around you. Okay. That's it. That's it. You can turn things up. You can turn things down on the turning up bit. It is important to note, and they obviously have talked to many lawyers and probably had some issues with this because it says in lawyeries, basically everywhere in their packaging, this is not a hearing aid. Okay. Yeah. Because if you are a hearing aid, then you have to go through multiple. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a medical thing, and then you're it's a different thing. So this is not a hearing aid, uh, but it basically volume functions as one. So you can crank up the volume around you. You can crank it back down. Uh, you can EQ volume around you. So basically, you can crank up certain frequencies, crank down certain frequencies, and then they have a whole bunch of preset. Uh, preset filters uh, that basically if, if you've done any music recording or audio engineering, you, you know, it adds sizzle. You can add uh, eight track sounds. So it sounds really whatever. There's uh, different room settings. So you add echo and things like that. And you can add flange and all these different audio effects to the audio coming into your ears. That That's sounds, it. That sounds maddening. That is all this does. And it is interesting for about five minutes. And then you realize, why would I ever want to do any of this? I have a question. Can you yes. record the audio that they're hearing? No. See, now that would be the killer app for it because I could use that as a snooping device then. <laughs> you could, yes. But uh, no, there's no recording as of yet. Um, the other thing that is absolutely ridiculous, uh, you cannot send music into these things. They do not function as, you cannot, there is no way to turn these into normal headphones. That doesn't which, make a whole lot of sense. Which when you're dropping, these things are, I think that you're going to go for 199 bucks. Um, if you're dropping that much for a pretty nice set of in-ear headphones, uh, you should be able to just go ahead and use them to listen to your music as well as do whatever this app is supposed to do. Uh, or even be able to, you know, run your music through the filters. Uh, this seems to be a no-brainer, and the idea that that's not built in is ridiculous to me. Um yeah, so their big marketing program right now is Coachella is coming up, and that is, you know, as we have all discussed, it's not really a, a good uh, festival anymore. It's now just a bunch of hipsters running around in the desert. So they're running, you know, the ability to you know, win some of these to run around in Coachella and experience music in a completely different way than you've ever experienced it before, which basically just means making it sound worse or strange. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't understand the appeal of this device. It is interesting and there is something here that maybe if they continue to develop it could really go somewhere but walking around and just being able to put a, a flange filter or an echo filter so i can hear uh, the car horn go uh, it's it's fun for two minutes but i don't understand what the point or the target audience or what i'm supposed to do with this on an ongoing basis and for 200 bucks and for Pretty decent wireless buds. I'll definitely give them that, but not even to be able to use them as as headphones. I, I I'm confused, Jason. Yeah, I've come away just confused from from this. Now, one thing that they did do extremely well, though, the packaging is kick ass. Uh, I've taken a couple shots, which I'll 
we'll throw up in the, on the show notes for this episode. and Or you can just go to their site as well because they've taken much better photos, obviously, because they want to make it look cool as hell. But it comes with a little, like, it's like an eyeglass holder, except a lot smaller, uh, to store them in. And it also charges them. And so it's super kind of cool. It's You can charge the charger through USB if needed. Uh, but otherwise, you can just, if it's got a full charge, you can just take this little case with you. And it's just, it's nicely designed and they put a lot of thought into this and it's kind of beautiful. But the actual product itself, I'm, I just, I don't get it. Maybe I'm just, it's not the market for me. Maybe it's because, uh, you know, I came up with audio engineering. I've, I've used all these filters on music. I've used these filters for a point rather than just I'm walking around and now I want to hear the world around me with this filter. I, I don't understand that. Okay, so here is pointless. Yeah, I think so. Um, may, you know, they can take this and make something out of it, I'm sure. Uh, step one would obviously be make these actual headphones that work in other with other apps. <laughs> but yeah. uh, who knows? Well, they may take it somewhere. They're smart people. We'll see what they... I, I just don't get this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we'll see. After Coachella, maybe a bunch of millennials will be running around happy to have, uh, you know, put fuzz filters on their personal environments. Okay. Anyways, so I found a few other things online because as we were talking about at the beginning of the show, what is the point in so many of these apps? These spaces are are filled. We are solving we're solving problems that don't exist. Uh I found a few more. Um Joyable. This one I just I almost spit my tea out when I saw it. Yeah, Joyable is an online social anxiety program based on CBT, whatever the hell that is. Um so this app Uh, will help you overcome social anxiety judgment-free by basically saying, good job, you talked to two people today. Yeah. In 12 weeks, you could attend social events. Connect. This is a little scroller. Feel confident. (laughs) Now, I will fully admit I I do not suffer from social anxiety, and I understand that it's a real problem, but much like the app I talked about last week, go see someone in person. Yep. I suffered from social anxiety for years, and I'm going to tell you right now, an app ain't going to fix it. Yeah, that's that's kind of my thought on that. Um, another one, Overnight. Now, this app, <laughs> same day stays from local hosts. So basically, if you're sitting on your couch and go, huh, hmm, I, I have, I have, I have a, a, a couch here that's empty tonight, and I'd like to make $10. Well, this is the app for you. You can have a complete stranger come over and sleep on your couch. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's about it. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, yeah, we need this, right? This is going to be useful. People In would- spontaneity, we trust. What's the difference from Airbnb? You can still get an Airbnb same day, or you can go to a hotel same day, you know? Yeah, I, I, I agree. So it's just another one. And then on this the- is, got, wait, it comes from Crash Pad Inc. Oh, boy. <laughs> and then uh, I, was, I felt like I was on a roll. Uh, so I found another one. Uh, this is Breather which is coming to L.A. soon. 2016 is going to be epic L.A. because Breather is launching. Now this, <laughs> this app lets you find a space, a beautiful space. So if you have a beautiful space, you can put it up there and you can book any length of time from a short 30-minute recharge to an entire day of productivity uh, just to go sit in someone's space. Yep, that's about it. There you go. So they're, they're little, uh, I, I love these, these sites are, are genius to me because I just, I love how they try to push their idiot product. So there's a little photo of a woman working without distraction. There's, there's a stock photo of, uh, one person talking to another person because they're having a meeting with clients and colleagues. The last and one is the best the last one. one is if you are looking for a good place to do yoga, you can book one through this app. Relax, recharge and unwind. Oh, there's even more. 
<laughs> oh, you oh. can host an oh. event. You can study with classmates. Wait, don't you have a fucking dorm room? Capture beautiful photos. Host an event because, you know, and trash it. I, didn't they have the orgy issue with Airbnb? Yes, they did. Okay. Okay. Oh, capture beautiful photos. So you can go to the space and take pictures of the space. Yeah. I wonder if they, you know, that means you're signing off the rights to any imagery on your own personal space if you put your space up there. Uh, yeah. Got to read the writers. Actually, they probably didn't even think about that. Hopefully they're listening. Get your legal team on that. Media Candy. So did you watch the X-Files? Because I've been waiting two weeks for this now. Yes, I did. And? Interesting. When did Mulder learn Kung Fu? (laughs) I didn't even think about that. But uh, if you announce that you're going to do a special limited edition series of six episodes that is going to deal with the overarching story, finish it! (laughs) Yes. can't believe they did this to us again. They did two movies that didn't even touch on it. Barely, and then this whole thing starts with we're going to solve the whole thing, and then they basically tell you what the story is, and they basically say all this crazy crap is happening. It's real. It's not just in Mulder's head, and then it's a cliffhanger. That's right. What the fuck? <laughs> I was. This is almost Battlestar Galactica final episode level of anger. When, when they cut that. I mean, obviously, they're going to bring it back. They can't not. And obviously, they've set it up with new characters to continue. And I, it was really good to see Claire from Six Feet Under again. Awesome. Oh, that's who that was. I was trying to picture, like, place her. Oh, yeah. It's Claire from Six Feet Under. We yeah. haven't seen her basically since then. So, And she was great. I Very funny. Uh, and it's obviously all a big setup to the X-Files is coming back full time. But that's not what this was supposed to be. And if they don't bring it back, that's it. I'm done with X-Files. <laughs> Well, yes, you are done with X-Files. Yes, <laughs> by definition, if they don't bring it back, you're done with X-Files. Yes, by the very definition, I will be done. But it was so frustrating to me. I, I mean, I I wasn't that pissed off because I'm like, oh, maybe we'll get some more. <laughs> you know? But, yeah. Uh, and, and we bust. I mean, there's no way we can't now because it got decent ratings. So and people are people are were into it. Yeah. But I, I would expect Scully and Mulder to be back for one or two episodes and then the new team hands oh, takes that's over. Exactly what they're going to do. And of course, they're not really going to solve any of the big overarching issues, because if you do that, then you don't have a show to continue on. Yeah. I mean, this I, the whole six you know episode run was fine with me. It, it, and for the one with the, you know, the alien guy. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, See, that that was worth it right there because that was one of the single best episodes of the entire series. Yeah, I thought so. You know, here's yeah. what it is. Well, here's what I would really like to have happen, and and I hope Chris Carter is listening. All right, continue the show. Have Mulder and Scully back. Don't really answer the thing. Have have Claire t- from Six Feet Under take over and continue it and make lots of really quirky episodes and some vaguely touch on the larger arc involving the aliens slash not aliens, but write something online. Just write a story, a little wrap up. If we were to have wrapped it up, this is the story. And so those of us who feel the need to actually have that kind of closure can read it and the rest of us can continue on with the story that will never be answered. Just do that. <laughs> Just do that for me. That's all I'm asking for. It doesn't even have to be long. A paragraph. Tell me what happens. <laughs> Maybe he can just put it in a tweet. Yeah, tweet it. Mulder dies. End of story. I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, I, again, happy it's back. Frustrated with the lack of of continuing or finishing up that major arc that we've all been trying to wait for, but that's never going to happen. Anyways, I watched uh, on PBS is airing the human face of big data. This is actually a couple years old at this point, but I don't 
I never saw it uh, when it first came out. Uh, it's a really great hour-long look into big data, the consequences, and uh, your buddy Joey Ito's on it a ton. Oh, really? Um, cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Worth watching. It's running on PBS pretty regularly at the moment, so you can catch it. Uh, there's a book as well. Um, it was worth watching, especially if you're kind of fuzzy on big data, what it means, and how it's currently being used. Uh, they also go into the you know future of big data and why it could be very bad or very good. So it uh, has both the uh, sturm and drang and the hopeful optimism that sometimes lacks in this podcast. Okay. <laughs> I will definitely give that a watch. Yeah. Now, I've also been watching uh, basically live the all the final episodes of Mythbusters as we it's this Sunday is the final final episode. Oh, so, thanks for the heads up. I got to watch yeah. that. Yeah, no problem. Uh, this Sunday is the final, final episode. It will be sad to see Mythbusters go, uh, particularly because of the shows that uh, that the Science Channel is now pimping as replacements because because they're losing their their best running show. Uh, one of them is What on Earth. The other one is NASA, The Unexplained Files. I, no. I, I watched these two for you so you don't have to. Thank you. They are both steaming piles of horse shit. Uh, they are basically reboots of In Search Of, uh, except even dumber. And it's, without Leonard Nimoy. And without Leonard Nimoy. It's, 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 it's scary, scary, scary overtalk about what if this were this? And then they have canned scientists saying, but it's not. That's the entire show. Okay. It is, what if this potato came from Mesopotamia and carried an evil gene that's going to kill us all? It doesn't. <laughs> that, I don't. I, it's like this. It's like the saved you a click Twitter guy. <laughs> the science channel is systematically removing science. Oh man, you're the science channel. Why do you have? Why are you making? Oh, I know why you're making them. They're fucking cheap. But can't make some science. It's it's in your name. <laughs> you, you should be duty bound. But look at the History Channel. Look at Discovery. The History know? Channel would rebrand themselves as, as the Hitler Channel if they could. Yeah. I mean, that's all that's on there. Yeah. I mean, the science channel is uh, once Mythbusters is over, that's it. I, I will never be on that channel again. I don't know what's wrong with you people. Wait, don't uh, they run how it's made like all day long though? Yeah. They run how it's made all day long. See, which, I can watch that. I can just leave that on. I, they can just have a, how it's made channel and just do that. And I would watch that. It is pretty interesting. I do like that. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, this, the new shows that they're making are just these canned pieces of crap that are absolutely ridiculous and not worth your time. Anyways, uh, Dark Tower, we've been knowing it's coming. Uh, Matthew McConaughey uh, was the big rumor that made me really, really sad. It's now actually official. Uh, the other bit of interesting news that came out is Idris Elba will be playing the, uh, the gunslinger. Okay. Which, interesting casting, and he's good, and I like him. So I think he's great. I, yeah. Uh, I'm sad because I was really kind of hoping that he would uh, take over Bond, James Bond. I thought he would have been fantastic at that. And him signing onto this basically tells us that that's not going to happen. Um, Matthew McConaughey, though, is still going to be such a sticking point for me. I don't know if I'm going to make it through this if the, when, they, when they put it out. We'll see. Yeah. Well, you know, you take the good with the bad. Yeah, that's true. I just didn't see the, you know, I didn't see the man in black settling down, starting his fire and whipping out his bongos. <laughs> just did not picture that so yeah it's a strange world but in good news um you know they're doing american gods neil gaiman's uh books yes. from way back they're doing a series on stars i believe yes uh yes stars which is good um ian mcshane is going to be playing mr wednesday <laughs> which is that amazing is, that's very good casting yes cocksucker i'm pretty sure he won't be saying that no because that was woo <laughs> yeah and uh 
Terry Pratchett's uh, Facebook page posted something I just wanted to make people aware of if you were a big Terry Pratchett or Discworld fan. Uh, they are collecting fan tributes to create a video celebrating what Terry means or meant to his readers. If you'd like to be included, simply film a short clip of yourself, blah, 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 blah. Basically, go check out Terry Pratchett's uh, website or his Facebook page or just uh, penguinrandomhouseco.uk because they've got that up everywhere. So if you're interested in that and you're a big fan and you want to send in the tribute, by all means, do so. But you have to do uh, it by March 18th. You have to do it by March 18th, so hurry up. Two but weeks. Should, yeah, you got two weeks. Um, I stumbled across an article the, called The Five Best Goth Rock Bands of All Time. Uh, this is over 11 months old, but the reason I find it funny is this is the Miami New Times. Okay. A lot Why is that goth, funny? A lot of goths in Miami. Listen, man, you are goth at <laughs> Disneyland, so don't, you, you got no room to talk. That's true. Uh, to, yeah, and it's also, I, I like this article because I've seen it, slew of these recently because everybody does listicles but this is the one that i agree with most because the top five bands they list are probably my favorite so they're five of my favorite bands of all time yeah so no we, that was a great list and i what i really like is at the end of it it's like without this band you wouldn't have blah blah yeah, blah and blah exactly yeah so we got bauhaus in here we got the cure we got Susie, we got joy division and i oh, that's swans yeah so all five of these are absolutely fantastic bands if you have any interest in this style of music and haven't delved into it too far and like jason said there's also the three after that for most of them are pretty good. They did list without Bauhaus, there'd be no Christian death. Christian death is effing horrible. <laughs> okay. Don't even waste any time listening to that. But Sisters of Mercy and She Wants Revenge, awesome. Oh, I love Sisters of Mercy. Yeah, me too. Um, and speaking of on the fence of, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> the I, Ghostbusters I, trailer is out. What do you I'm think? You. Uh, I love the throwbacks with the music, and I they better do that throughout the entire movie. Uh, all the original theme music is is in there. Um, in bits and pieces, which was fantastic. Uh, uh, Melissa McCarthy is killing it, in my opinion, in this trailer. She is awesome. I am unsure about the other three characters. Yeah. I don't know. This, it's hard to tell from a trailer, but I don't know. Yeah. I, <laughs> that's, that's really kind of what it comes down to. It's like, ah. Oh. It's intrigued me enough that I'm definitely, when, when further trailers are put out, I'm going to be watching them to see if I'm into it. Um, and you know, I, the whole, it all being chicks thing, that's, that doesn't bother me at all. I actually think that's quite funny. Uh, even though, you know, in the, we can't have nice things files, uh, people freaked out and there's a lot of misogyny being posted everywhere about this trailer. Uh, they're, they're all very funny actresses. We'll see what happens. Yeah. It comes down to the plot. Is the plot any good? That's, <laughs> you know? that's going to be the issue. Yeah. And I mean, you've got a powerhouse of, team here, so it's like, yeah, was it written well, then you can't really tell from this trailer. Yeah, I, you know, it's, it, it's at least going to be worth a trip to Sweden. I, I agree with that a hundred percent, at least going to be worth that. Um, I'm hoping that some of the forthcoming trailers will inspire me more to actually get out to a theater to go see it, but I'm not holding my breath. Yeah. After seeing star Wars in the theater, I like, I kind of rekindled my desire to get back there more. So, you know, that's exactly what I was thinking too. It was like, I so enjoyed seeing star Wars in a theater and I've, I've avoided theaters for so long. I was like, I really want some good movies to go see in theaters again. And now that theaters have like up their game and Beer, you can gourmet <laughs> food, of course it's $175, but Hey, you know, yeah, I can do without the food. The beer's fine, but the reserved seats are, is the best. Yeah. It's pretty nice. My closing shout out this week is to everybody listening for the last 150 episodes. It's been, uh, I just want to say thank you. And we wouldn't be even doing this if you didn't tune in and send us fun stuff every week. 
and, you know, make fun of us a lot. So thank you very much. And we look, look forward to keep doing a bunch more. And don't forget to check out Up to Speed starting on Monday. We'll have links to that in the show notes and on just the sidebar at grumpyoldgeeks.com and where you can subscribe. Yes, yes. And uh, I'd also like to thank everybody for listening. Jason's a little bit wrong on that. We still would be doing this if nobody was listening, unfortunately. Uh, we're <laughs> we're kind of addicted. We're kind of idiots that way. So, uh, and a second shout out to Karen for hooking me up with the, uh, with the headphones so I could give those a review. Um, and that's really about it. Yeah, looking forward to doing the new thing, the quick 15-minute one. So that'll be fun. And uh, we hope you all join us there too. Woohoo! Thank Woo. you for listening. I'm Jason DeFilippo, and you can check me out at jpd.me. And I'm Brian Schillmeister, and you can follow me on Twitter at SlenderFungus. Grumpy Old Geeks is a partially fan-supported show. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG. We really appreciate your support. If you don't want to or can't donate but still want to support the show, please go to grumpyoldgeeks.com slash iTunes and leave us a few words and five stars or tell a friend about the show. Intro music for the show is provided by The Band Among Us. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and Apple Music. Or you can donate through the Grumpy Old Geeks Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG to get 10 exclusive tracks. Outro music for the show is provided by Andy Stachansky. You can follow Andy at twitter.com slash houseofandy. And he's also on SoundCloud at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash Andy. Show notes for all the links discussed in this episode can be found at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 150.